Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to JAPS Daily, where we talk about all the current news in New York City. Today, we're going to talk about gentrification in one specific zone in Manhattan. We have the pleasure to host two experts on the subject. We have Sharir, an urban planner, and Braulio, who is a current activist. Also, we have the pleasure to host Jeffrey, a current resident of the zones that, that are currently going through gentrification. First of all, I would like to start by explaining what is gentrification and why is it important. Gentrification is the process of low-income urban area transforming into a more upscale and affluent area. Gentrification happens when affluent residents and businesses move into an area and this leads to the renovation and reconstruction of buildings, parks, and other local amenities. This doesn't occur in every urban city. Typically, there needs to be some kind of cultural opportunity in order for gentrification to occur. In most cases, the areas that experience gentrification are initially low-income minority communities that go through a rezoning process. As a result of the rezoning process, the area improves and becomes more desirable, and property rents and the cost of living also become more expensive. Therefore, gentrification can result in the displacing of residents who may have lived in the area their entire life and now all of a sudden are unable to afford the higher cost of living, forcing them to move. Rezoning often pushes multifamily buildings closer to highways and areas with higher concentrations of air pollution, and as a result, low-income people are more likely to live in places that put their health at risk. It's the lower-income households that are negatively impacted by gentrification. This doesn't affect the renters only. Small businesses and homeowners from low-income families that may own their property are also affected when they can no longer afford to live in the area because of the high rise in property taxes. So as the area improves and prices increase, it's the more affluent residents that tend to benefit from the change because these residents are the ones who can afford to stay. And that's what is happening right now with a now called Soho renovation, which in reality will displace many low-income communities that live around Soho. One of these communities is Chinatown. Chinatown has a high percentage of immigrants living in the area, and demographics show the continuous increase of white population in these areas displacing the lower income and immigrant communities living there. Chinatown is located in a C6 zoning area, which means that it is for mixed use. A mixed use building is a building in a commercial district used for residential and for commercial use. This Soho rezoning plan is supposed to create opportunities for housing growth, including affordable housing units, while continuing to acknowledge its mixed-use character. But these last years, Chinatown and surrounding communities have experienced an intense development pressure, which in a large part is due to the inappropriate zoning regulations that allow the construction of supersized new buildings three to four times the size of the neighborhood context. This show how the Soho renovation is bringing gentrification into Chinatown and how this cultural change could eventually generate a racially segregated neighborhood, which could end with the loss of the existing neighborhood and community of Chinatown. And we have Jeffrey here, a current Chinatown resident, who is going to talk a little more about what people in Chinatown think about the Soho renovation. Yeah, so I grew up in, and lived in Chinatown for almost 12 to 13 years, and Chinatown now looks so different than what it used to be. Like, 
so many businesses that my family and I used to see and go to now are completely gone. And even the apartment that we used to live in has has seen a drastic change, a drastic change in the demographic recently. And like what used to be like most of the tenants were were low income Chinese families and and an elder and elderly couples and like and gradually they started moving out and more and now more non-Asians have been occupying these uh vacant apartments and also like just recently um uh, uh my family found out that our our landlord will, will be no longer renting out uh our apartment to us in favor of of renting out to someone else who can pay a uh, a higher rent and like and like granted like we don't, like we don't really use that apartment anymore but but my dad and I we still use it quite often uh just to uh, just to ease our commute to uh to work and school and like we and then we also frequently used it as like a place for visiting family and friends to stay and uh, like and, and like now since it's gone uh it's frustrating but we just have to find find a way to, way to work around it but like this like this just shows like how like Chinatown has been no strange to gentrification over the past decade and I have seen the neighborhood change with my with my own eyes, I used to see. So most people that like that that used to live here were Chinese immigrants, and and they lived in these rent stabilized apartments, like like I used to live in. And these and they also even own, own like small 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 businesses in the area for many years and like even decades. And like now, since but now now as like these new new housing projects and and the current Soho rezoning plan were proposed and implemented uh we're now starting to see more people who are not Asian starting moving into Chinatown and not just Chinatown but also like Soho and Lower East Side so this now starts to make Chinatown increasingly more expensive to live in uh the rent for these apartments and spaces for small businesses that the Chinese and Asian immigrants used to live in and own uh now are seeing their rents uh rents increase due uh just due to uh Chinatown getting more expensive to live in and in a, an article written by Voss about these luxury apartments appearing in Chinatown um they interview one elderly resident and she expressed her frustration at how her neighborhood Chinatown has gotten so expensive and and her Chinese landlord is actually trying to evict her increasing her rent and she she expressed her frustration just saying like she's already she's already so old where else can i move to so so it's just like as a result these like the residents are starting to get displaced uh like businesses are starting to close down and, and like people just start moving out of Chinatown. so open spaces now um they're now getting rented out to people who can afford to pay a lot more or they're being bought out to uh, in order to get demolished and then rebuilt and upzoned as as part of as part of the city's uh, rezoning plan. So now it's like now as the Soho rezoning is moving forward, like e- even though it's Soho, like there are still parts of Canal Street and Lafayette Street that are, that are still Chinatown, and there are lots of there are lots of small small Chinese businesses and. And, and residents living there, and like soon they will have to find a new place to new place to live or restart the business if they can even find a space. Thank you, Jeffrey, for explaining to us your concerns as a resident of Chinatown. I think it's very important for residents of Chinatown to start raising their voices and to not lose the existing community living there. A similar case happened with the rezoning of downtown Brooklyn, and we have Shari here. 
our urban planning expert, who is going to compare the rezoning of Chinatown with the rezone area in downtown Brooklyn. The rezoning process in downtown Brooklyn was a result of the partnership with the DCP and NYC, EDC, and Downtown Brooklyn Council. DBC, a local business organization which proposed a new comprehensive development plan to facilitate the continued growth of downtown Brooklyn. This plan recommended a new joining map and new public space for people, transit, improvements, etc. However, however, due to rezoning plans, some places have experiment sorry. However, due to rezoning plans, some places were experienced rent hikes that increased forty to forty five percent. All the lower income people and small business had to leave those places because of higher rent. And in some cases the city forced business in the downtown Brooklyn area to leave. As a direct result of the rezoning plan, gentrification started in downtown Brooklyn in the early 2000s. There were many black people in downtown Brooklyn, most of whom were lower income. After the gentrification started, residents and small business owners were forced to move to another place because of, because of the higher rent and all other increased expenses. Right now, the same thing is going on in Soho as the rezoning process has already begun. It is safe to assume that soon, the lower income pe people and small business from Soho will have to leave this place. The rezoning in Soho plans to create a new special zone. The goal of the rezone is to create new houses, especially affordable housing. We all know New York City is in housing crisis right now. So if the Soho rezoning happened, this problem might, might be solved a little bit. Compared to downtown Brooklyn and Soho, the city doesn't go as planned. For downtown Brooklyn, they've planned for the public space and the new transit system, and most importantly, they've planned for the commercial uses. But now it's more residential than commercial. I hope the city will go as planned this time. They plan for rezoning, which can solve the problem of housing shortage. Thank you, Sharir, for explaining this rezoning of downtown Brooklyn, which is similar in some aspects to what is happening right now in Chinatown with the Soho rezoning. So now that we have this information, we want to know how we can raise our voices for our communities. And for that, we have our activist, Braulio, who will give us some resources on how to get involved. So let's say your zone is currently under review for rezoning. What can you do to get involved in the process? First, you need to obtain a copy of the rezoning application. The application includes the name of the applicant as well as how to contact them and the proposal for the property. You then need to find out the type of rezoning application. It is important to know the details of the proposed rezoning application. To obtain one, you need to find the submit application online or you can call your planning office and request a copy. If a site plan is included with the application, try to figure out if that is the final submission or if it's still purely conceptual. You have to assume that anything permitted in the zoning district will be of use to the property. It is important to educate yourself on what you're dealing with in order to best influence the outcome. The following step in the process is understanding the codes, plans, policies, and technical issues. I recommend starting with the zoning ordinance, which is the local laws that govern the property in question. 
You can call the planning office and request to speak to a planner handling the rezoning request and ask if they can explain the language to you. You need to understand what land use is permitted under the proposed rezoning and what is permitted in the current zoning. Try to identify any issues that could be of concern such as stormwater runoff, traffic noise, light pollution, and loss or gain of land. Next, you're going to want to talk to the applicant directly. Going back to obtaining the rezoning application, it will include the name of the applicant and how to contact them. In some cases, the applicant will hold a community meeting to discuss any intended changes and address concerns that the neighborhood may have with the proposal. It is important to note that during this step, the applicant can become your ally and often concerns are brought up. Additionally, you can also make any suggestions you would like to see as a result of the proposal. At this point, you have a good amount of information about the proposal, where it's headed, and also have been able to talk to the applicant. You should start networking with fellow neighbors and people who have similar interest in the proposal. You may decide to appoint someone as the representative or voice of your interest. Communication is important, so you must establish a network so all members of your organization or community receive information in a timely manner. It is vital to present the community as a unified force and equally as important to identify and recruit others to your cause. Keep in communication with your planning office to stay informed on each phase of the proposal and to ask them to explain what the proposal or applicant is requesting, such as zoning classification, special land use, special conditions or exceptions, general requests or conditional requests. They will also let you know about any public hearings being held and at which meetings you'll be able to get the chance to speak as well as who you should be sending letters to support um, or object or bring up any concerns, such as the zoning board, the technical review board, the planning commission, city council, and others. The planning office also informs you about what will happen if a proposal is approved or denied. Now that you have a well-established network of people with similar interests and a line of communication, it is time to use your collective voice. Speak up at any and all public um, hearings, community meetings, board meetings, and any opportunity that presents itself in general. It is important that the applicant, board, or any other committee understands your stance on the proposal and any potential objections, concerns, or support for the rezoning proposal. Keep track of the whole process and don't make any assumptions without being informed first. Even if a proposal is approved by one organization, it has to go through several other groups to actually be approved. So some important groups to note are the community board, the borough president, the city planning commission, and the city council, as well as the mayor's office. The community board gives you the opportunity to address any questions or concerns from the community. The borough president reviews the proposal and may provide any suggestions, however, they may waive the right to do so. The city planning commission will hold public hearings and will either approve, deny, or alter your proposal. The city council also has the power to approve, deny, or alter the proposal, and if they choose not to act, the city planning commission's original decision will move on. At this point, it will likely reach the mayor's office, who can also veto the proposal, the mayor's office has the power to veto the proposal. However, if it is vetoed, the city council can take it to a vote and overrule the decision. Great. Thank you guys for joining me today and sharing your thoughts about these rezoning and gentrification subjects. I hope you all have a great day and I'll see you on the next episode of Jabs.